0: This is the word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Oh Father, we thank you, we give you praise, we worship you. We bless your name, all glory to your name. Thank you, Father. All right, you're welcome. Thank you for joining us this evening. And then we are about to share God's word together. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We give you praise. Welcome to Mercy Moment with our Household of David. I'm Shalosh Makede, and I count it a privilege to bring the word of God again tonight. So I want us to consider something quite wonderful tonight. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Acts chapter ten. I want to read something from Act ten as we start this evening. Now, Act chapter ten. The Bible says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw a vision. Evidently about the night hour of the day and the angel of the Lord coming to him and saying unto him, Colonius, and when he looked unto him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers, please pay attention here, thy prayers and thy arms are come up for a memorial before God. Why am I starting this way? We started on Sunday talking about visions and revelations and the gift of the spirits. But while preparing for this meeting, just about some minutes ago, this word came to my spirit to encourage somebody watching me. The angel appeared to Cornelius and he said that your prayers and your arms have come up before God. He has remembered your arms and your prayer. Now, please. Don't ever get discouraged for whatever you are doing for God. When I'm about to minister to people at times, why prepare? I start picking in my spirits. So I, I believe somebody is watching me right now. So down, so discouraged. It appears as if you do so much for God. But like nothing much is happening in your life. I didn't plan this, but I have to speak to you this evening. You are beginning to get discouraged, getting, you are getting weary of work, your work with God, of the things that you do for God. I want you to understand this. There are seasons in God. There are seasons in God. Hebrews 16 says, God is not unrighteous to forget the labor of your love. So God consider it, he considers it as an unrighteousness, an act of unrighteousness, to forget about the labor of your love. But what we need to know is there are seasons in God. Solomon saw it and he put, he put it this way: he said, "In the morning sow your seed; Ecclesiastes 11:6. In the evening don't we told you? I said, for you don't know which one. You know why? Because of Genesis chapter 8, verse 22." When Noah came out of the ark, the word of the Lord came to Noah and God said in Genesis 8 22, while the earth remains, seed, time and harvest, cold and heat, day and night, summer, winter, will not cease. So there are times that you are sowing. The harvest will come. There are seasons in your life. they are like a time when you are plowing. The harvest will come. Oh, glory to God. From the story of Cornelius, the first thing you discover is that the en- God didn't send the angel the first day the guy started praying and started giving. He was praying regularly. He was giving regularly. And for a while, it looked as if evils did not notice that somebody was doing something. There are people watching me right now. You do so much in the secret. You give. You pray. You go out of your way to support others. And momentarily, it looks like nothing much is happening in return. I'm sent to just tell you this evening. God is not unrighteous. Please mark that word. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Mm. it's not unrighteous. When the Bible says that we shall reap Galatians 6.9 in due season if we faint not. You know why? There is a tendency you see, that's why the Bible puts that word there, if we faint not. It said, let us not be weary of doing good. He said, for we shall reap in due season. There is a due season. There is a due time. There is a calendar that your Heavenly Father has with Him. And there are scheduled moments when it is coming to visit you to repay. It's in the Bible. So Paul wrote and he said, If we faint not, we shall reap in due season. Everybody has his own season. You have yours. I have mine. But what God will never do is to let your labor go. So there might be a voice telling you that it's a waste of time. You are wasting your time. You see, listen to me. It's possible to have helped 12 people. The 13th person might be the one that will make sense. But one thing is certain. God's word cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. God will not forget your labor of love. That means God will repay. He will repay. No matter what. So that seed will not go. That act of kindness. That seed of prayer, of helping, of giving. It's impossible for those things to go unnoticed. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus. I'm speaking to somebody. Maybe you work with a church. With a missionary organization. You go everywhere with them. But it looks like in your personal life. Within your personal space. Nothing much is happening. You spend the all of your time. And the all of your day. upholding other people. Lifting up their hands. And you are beginning to grow weary. Discouragement is setting in you are beginning to feel for how long I'm sent to tell you God is not unrighteous. Please meditate on that word repeatedly tonight or at any time you are listening to this message. Sit down and say to yourself, God is not unrighteous. That means it will be an unrighteous thing with God to let every labor, every seed, every act of kindness, every prayer you have prayed Every sacrifice that you have made to go unnoticed is equal to God being unrighteous. And the Bible says God is not unrighteous. Hallelujah. I believe that this is bringing comfort to someone's heart already right now. You see, from time to time, or in the past, we've all been there. Though some of us refuse to be discouraged, we've been in a situation where all our lives, reaching out to people and doing things, and it might look like nothing much is happening to you, though you are spending yourself on other people. The Bible says God is not unrighteous. If you were living with Cornelius, you would have wondered where all his givings were going into. And then he was praying repeatedly. But there came a day, oh blessed be the name of the Lord, Look at what the angels say. Your prayers and your arms, they have come up as a memorial before God. Did God forget before? No. But that's what the Bible says. On a particular day, the Almighty God, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, just said, Cornelius, it's your time right now. It's time to remember. You know, glory to God. It's time to remember all the things that you have done. Malachi chapter 3 verse 16 says, the righteous spoke one to another and a book of remembrance. Oh, glory to God! There is a book before God. That book does not contain your mistakes and errors. The book contains all the good things you've done for the sake of the kingdom of God. And one day, Almighty will just open that book. I want to reward this person. Hallelujah! Oh, glory to God! Hallelujah. So there is a book and God looks at that book and says that, that, that must have been what happened with the king Ahasuerus and Mordecai. Mordecai noticed that some people wanted to kill the king. And of course he raised alarm and they helped the king but nobody remembered. But there was a day that the king could not sleep. See the book of Esther it's the only book in the Bible where the name God does not appear once, you won't see God in the book of Esther. God hid behind the scene to control and orchestrate everything. And it's a story like the story of God, is bride, and every God, the church. There are many similarities and many things you can learn from the story. So, the king one night couldn't sleep, and he said, Bring the record book. And they read to him how he was about to be assassinated. And Mordecai helped. And he asked the servant that what was done to reward the guy who did this. And they said, Nothing. Nothing? Yes. Wow. And the king said, You know what? The following morning, a man who was coming to report and to request that Mordecai should be executed was coming in. And the king said, I can't go. If I want to honor him, what do you think I should do? And Ammon thought, of course, I'm the one to be honored. And he, he arranged those things very well. And he said, Okay, but go and do that for Mordecai. Glory to God. Now, all these places I mentioned, they are just to show us that there is a book of remembrance. So in the morning, you so your seed. In the evening, don't we told you, and understand, I'm stressing this seed, time, and harvest will never cease. That statement came directly from the lips of the Almighty God. He said to Noah, Why the earth remains, why the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will never cease. So, your labor that you have bestowed, labor, whatever sacrifice you made, whatever seed you have given for the sake of the kingdom, don't stop. Don't stop interceding for other people. Don't stop being active in the hours of God. Don't withdraw yourself from that choir. No. Don't even give up on that assignment given to you by God. Are you ministering and nobody's listening to you? It looks like things are hard where you are sent to by God. It's a season. There is a promise. Seed, time and harvest. Wherever there is a seed, there will be a harvest. The almighty God is behind that equation to be sure that it does not fail. Wherever there is a labor of love, there will be a blessing in return. Wherever there is a sacrifice, You wait behind the meetings to set things in order. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Some years back, a brother served so much in his church. I mean, they he labored so much to put, always put things together, praying with people, helping people, doing things. But all the sisters in that church were always saying no to him. And they got discouraged. At a point, he felt nobody loved him. When you are about to experience a visitation, the enemy begins to discourage you and to say things to you. And listen to me when you are discouraged and depressed, you don't hear the voice of God, it does not broadcast his strategy or his voice on that frequency he does not. Hallelujah. In 1 Samuel 30, when David's wives were faking and the children, David too was discouraged like other people. But the Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. And he said, give me effort. And as he began to worship or he began to consult, to begin, I believe he encouraged himself in the Lord practicing an equivalent of what we have now in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. making melody in your heart to God. Then He heard the voice. Pursue. Overtake and recover. See the only thing I'm going to say tonight on Sunday we'll continue on the gift of the Spirit. I wanted to go into a little more about Revelation. But what I will say about it tonight. See the things of the Spirit. When it comes to the gifts, they are sensitive to atmosphere. Yeah. There is an atmosphere condition for your spirit, man, to receive the things of God. Hallelujah. That's the reason why in 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings, oh no, the book of 2 Kings, rather, 2 Kings, chapter 3. It's a story that many people you are all familiar with. Elisha was sitting down. Three kings were going to fight and Jehoshaphat was one of them. And then there was no water. After many days of moving around the wilderness, they found out that there was no water. And somebody said that God has called these three kings to destroy us. And Jehoshaphat said no. You see, if you, you walk with God, you don't suspect God. Ahab was a sinner. He was a bad guy. He was the first to say that the reason why there's no water that God wants to kill us. He, now is he, about to pay us back. But God doesn't do that. Hallelujah. Jehoshaphat said that no, what we need is a word from God. Is there not a prophet? Well, let's read. That might be a holy re- Are you following me this evening? Let's read. Hallelujah. You know, I sense in my spirit that I am passing the message across to those who are in that situation. For some, it's like a kind of, you you, you are just there. Wondering when are you going to get married? When, when will you prosper? When, when? Things are just somehow, and you are wondering. You love God so much. And you are very fast and very passionate when it comes to things of God. But it's like within your personal space, nothing much is happening. I am telling you, seed time and harvest. A preacher is in an area, you pray so much and fast. Every time you want to come to church on Sunday, after three days of dry fasting, after days of fasting, expecting that on Sunday the anointing will be very heavy, people will be, I mean, a lot of people people will be saved, and then the number drops. I've experienced that before. So I'm telling you, seed, time, and harvest. What the Bible is saying is that don't stop. Because if any man will draw back, my soul will not have pleasure in him. Now that the pleasure is so much, it means the blessing is around the corner. One more service, one more prayer, one more giving, one more sacrifice, one more help, one more pushing yourself, one more labor, and the doors all fling open. It's amazing. Just one more. Glory to God. Somebody's watching me. You are prayed, you are so upset. You want to hear the voice of God to tell you, give you direction about something every type of fast you've done, all kinds of fasting, and you have never heard anything concrete, you are beginning to wonder, does God really speak? So when they tell you about praying again, your heart is beginning to feel like, which one again? Send me a message. But I'm telling you, pray. It said in the morning, so you're saying, if they don't, you don't know which one. Yes. There are times that we give with faith in our hearts and we don't see the harvest immediately. The Bible talks about good measure, praise and shaking together, running over. And the word of God is always true. The Bible talks about the diligence shall be made for you that waters will himself be watered. The Bible talks about what Paul said to the Philippian church, my God shall supply all your needs. He said, no church communicated with me in terms of giving and receiving. He said, but you guys did. He said, then my God shall supply all your needs according to to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's read first 2nd King. It's a beautiful story. I will close with this. Chapter 3. I'll be skipping so that we can be fast. You know, Joram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel and Samaria. And, you know, (laughs) in the 18th year, of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, reigned. And he wrought evil, that Joram, wrought evil in the sight of God. Now, verse 4. The king of Moab was shared, he was a shipmaster, and so on. It came to pass, verse 5, when Ahab died, that he rebelled against Israel. And King Joram went forth to Samaria at the same time, not by his army, and he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab had rebelled against me. Will you go with me against Moab to battle? And Jehoshaphat said, No problem. My people and your people. My horses are your horses. And he said, Which way shall we go? He said, By the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, three kings, to go and fight against the king of Moab. So the king of Israel, king of Judah, king of Edom, were going to fight against the king of Moab. And when they set out, they went through a wilderness. The Bible says verse 9, so when the king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom, they fetched compass of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle. Verse 10, and the king of Israel said, alas, the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. That was the son of Ahab, one of the worst kings in the Bible. One of the most terrible kings in the Bible. The son also was a bad guy. Look at what he said. As soon as the situation was discovered, he said, oh, no water for all this great army. He said, definitely God wants the Moabites to kill all of us. And Joseph had responded, may you be the voice of God in the midst of your family and among your friends and wherever you find yourself, among your colleague. May you not be the voice of fear, the voice of doubt. Amen. Look at verse verse 11. Joseph said, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we might inquire the word of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Joseph said, the word of the Lord is with him. Hallelujah. Oh God, so much to say about that, but when we continue about the gift of the Spirit, we talk about that reputation of a prophet. When they said, Joseph said, is there no a prophet we can find out what the Lord is saying? And somebody said, there is Elijah. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. That was his CV. They didn't say that he had prophesied to nations. They didn't say that he had, they didn't talk about any exploit. The only thing they said, they didn't say that this guy was coming back and he to small Jordan and Jordan parted the CV was, oh, this is where the arrogant people are disqualified. Those who rise up and start their ministry by attacking and attacking and abusing everybody, calling them names, saying that they don't know the Bible, (laughs) your tomorrow is near. (laughs) You you understand what I'm saying? It's a sign that you have nothing to offer. Look at what was said about Elisha. That was all they said about him. And Joshua said, see there are men, men of understanding are not impressed by noise. And there is so much noise on social media, so much noise everywhere nowadays that a person who is loud does not mean he's saying the truth. And of course that many people gather around something does not make it true either. They said this about Elisha. As soon as they told Joseph that he used to pour water on the hands of Elijah, Joseph said, That's a correct prophet. I don't need to know whether he has prophesied, for he used to pour water on the hands of Elijah, then he must be the correct guy. How do you recognize people who are genuinely called by God? By dressing? By noise? By pulling others down to appear the only one standing? By coming to people and telling them that you see there are no churches. All of them. <laughs> Hear this for me. Those who talk that way are the most terrible of all. I'll leave the case there. Are you following what I'm saying? So, amen. They said that about and He said, the word of God is with him. So they went. Verse 13. Let's start from 12. Just like the word of love is with him. Verse 13. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, what have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord, as we still said, the same, that has called these three kings together to deliver them to the hand of Moab. And Elisha said unto Elisha, said, as the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look towards thee nor see thee. Oh, Glory to God. Thank God for Joe See, <laughs> listen to me. Watch your company. Every man of God, genuine, every man of God, every generally called minister will tell you this. Sometimes when you want to pray for some people, the flow is so, and therefore some other people, it's not so. It, you don't control the anointing. God sees the heart of everyone. As soon as Simon wanted to pour oil on Eliab, the Lord said, no, I have refused him. That word is a very strong word. God did not say, no, 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 it's not the one. That would have been negative enough. But God said, I have refused him. You know what I mean of that? It means that before you got here, I consider Eliab. I rejected him. And shortly after that, we saw the reason. When David said wanted to fight Goliath, Eliab brushed, washed him down. He said, I know how proud you are. You've led the little. That means you should be with the sheep. When we talk about be people like us. The Lord allows us to see that just to understand the kind of heart Eliab had. And there are many Eliabs nowadays. Every other person is wrong. They are right. Are you, are you following me? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, the first thing Elisha said, he looked at the king of Israel. He said, he why, why, why said, why are you talking to me? Why are you here? He said, go and meet the prophet, because Jezebel probably is a, 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 his mom, and Ahab is his father. They had prophets of Asherah and prophets of Baal. He said, go and meet them now. Why are you coming to me? He said honestly, if not that I consider this guy standing beside you, Jehoshaphat. May you be Jehosaphat and have enough, enough Jeosephat in your life. Maybe be like that. He said, He says, I'm looking at Jeosephat, I'm gonna do something about your situation. But if not for Jehoshaphat, I will send you away. Then he said the next thing for verse 16. And he said, "Thus said the Lord. Verse 15. But now bring me a misrael. And it came to pass when the misrael played that the hand of the Lord came upon him and he said, thus said the Lord make this valley full of ditch- ditches for thus the Lord shall not see wind neither shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water oh glory to God they need that water, God gave them water but he gave them more than water, later he said that you know what you are even going to win the battle but how did this prophetic word come there are people listening to me now what do you do when you need a word, especially urgently from God so in this case, Joseph has said that there is, he said, is there any prophet? They gave him one name. That does not mean you should go around looking for a prophet. Because now it's inside you. Glory to God. We are going to start from this plane on Sunday looking at how exactly to bring out this thing from within. And we are going to look at Ephesians. It's inside you. It's inside you. The prophetic word, they are within. But they need to rise. There is a way we stay up the gift inside. So when we suddenly too need to hear from God, when we need to hear from God urgently, there is a way to pray. And that's what we are getting to on Sunday. But notice one thing, and I will end with this. Elisha said, bring me a missionary. As the missionary was playing, what happened? You see, there were other times he prophesied without a Israel. So, contrary to what people have thought, it's not, it wasn't too much because of Israel. So, when they play, that is when the anointing will come. No. You yourself, you're a Israel. You can make melody to God in your heart. Singing psalms and hymns to God. What happened was, Elisha was angry. He said, honestly, I'm going to send you to the prophets of your father and your mother. You see, when there is anger, You can't be on that frequency. So there are things, and we try to identify some of them on Sunday. There are things that affect the anointing, They flow. They affect your connection. They are like virus. You cannot connect to the Spirit of God as you should when those things are left unattended to. The power of God does not work in an atmosphere of strife, for instance. What about atmosphere of unforgiveness? Anger. So, Elisha, what happened was that momentarily lost it because of somebody that he saw. I'm going to talk about the fact that, listen, I've heard this from Benin, from many ministers, who oh, do crusades and they do miracle services. If you let people who don't flow with you sit at the front, it will affect you from coma to everybody who has walked in the supernatural at the level of having a stadium and a mighty crusella they are sensitive they care about those who stay around them when the power of God is in operation it is true hallelujah glory to God we will get to the point maybe we get we also talk about why it is it important that you also watch those who pray with you? Listen to me. One of the things we need to do in this last days, belong to a praying group. Apart from the general church, some of you in your church can also organize yourself and pray. I have a company that you pray with. They might be simple from your church, people from different churches, I have a company that you pray with. I have people that I pray with it's important, it will help you but then the thing about that is that be sure that they are right people not people that you talk about yourself it will destroy everything you are trying to build that's very you need, let me call it, you need that kind of power base, you need people that you pray with you need friends that don't only come around and watch it you, there, there are moments that all of you gather and you pray, you need it as the guy was playing elisha found himself in that atmosphere again that tells us one thing the anointing the holy ghost doesn't go and come but the manifestation of his anointing goes and it comes sometimes the anointing is on you sometimes it lifts sometimes it's on you it lifts but that is the anointing but the holy ghost does not come and go it does not lift. it stays with you permanently forever That means for the anointing, for you to. So it's as if the power of the Holy Spirit, you move in and out of it. Wrong atmosphere will switch it off. Right atmosphere will turn it on. Let's stop there for today. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. Blessed be your name. Go back to that group. You left in anger. You left in frustration. And the Lord wants you to go back. Go back. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. We honor you. We thank you. I pray the diligent soul be made fun. May the Lord and bless you mightily. Show you the secrets to wealth. May He guide you and help you not to be a victim but a victor at all times. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus.